right, Josh. Let me hear it, man. That's a Dreamville uh, shirt. Oh uh, yes, that's what's up. Um, I'll say I'm kind of like uh, my brother with the sneaky part. But the thing is, me being a younger child, my brother is more of a sneaky person in like keeping it to himself. I'm sneaky and I kind of have like no filter. If yep. someone finds out what I do, I'm gonna just let them find out and whatever happens, happens. But because there's things I'll tell him that I won't tell my dad, but seeing like the consequences he went through, I try to uh, maneuver my way around and try to, you know, make myself kind of in my own bubble, but not every, it wouldn't work every single time. That's the hustler, man. That's the hustler. I get it. And again, yeah. I mean, you know, I, the, the the biggest thing for 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 T dealing with what you're saying right now is he because I did so much like I tried to tell me, bro you can't get over nothing on me nothing because mm -hmm. I I mean I mean it's stuff that he's done that I haven't even let him know that I know he did right mm -hmm. because it it wasn't it wasn't to his detriment it wasn't to his death now I probably gave and, him a and, and, like, and let me let me jump on that client because I I was gonna say the exact same thing. You know, just because I sit on the couch here and watch TV and the TV watch me fall asleep, don't think I don't know. Right. I just don't say anything. I'm like, because it ain't, you know, at some point, uh, you know what, it'd be all right. You know, but when it ain't all right, I'm going to let you know. But, you know, if, you know, my mom used to tell me all the time, like you just said, there ain't nothing you you did that I haven't done already. I'm like, no, she don't know about all that. That ain't, that ain't the case then. And as I've gotten older, she was like, man, I knew you were doing this. I was like, what? She goes, yeah, I knew that. <laughs> that I already knew. She said, but I ain't saying anything to you. I call yep. your dad and tell your dad you're doing. He's like, don't worry about it. He said, so don't think you got over on anything. I just didn't say anything to you half the time because it didn't matter. When it mattered, I told you about it. Like, hey, don't go do that. And so I think that's, that's a lot of it, too, is because I think even with my boys and even with people that I know with sons and even daughters, it's as if they forgot we were also 18. Yeah. Yeah. And we were also 19 and we were also dipping and dapping and, and round on. But Clarence, what we didn't have, we didn't have the Snapchat, we didn't have Instagram, nope, we nope, didn't have none nope, of that stuff there. Nope, if nope. your mom gave you her pager, she told you, if I paid you 911, pull over and call me from the payphone. Yep. But we didn't have all that. And so what we may have done, Clarence, and got away with because it was no C9. No, there was no ring doorbell. Nope. There was no camera <laughs> on every light pole. So at the end of the day, but now the consequences are much greater. Because what alas inside of the you know internet ether is forever. It's forever. And you know, I, I'm telling Anthony, all those kids you see in basketball who get caught up in something, prior to going to play for some school or going to some basketball party somewhere, and now all of a sudden they're trying to explain what happened. Yep. It's yep. a done deal. So I, it, unlike you and I, it was a presumption of innocence. Now it is the opposite. You are already guilty. Yet to prove to me that you're not, but we kind of said, okay, fine. You, 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 I guess you didn't do it. But now I'm like, well, I got a camera right here, the photo of you right here, yep. picture right here. So you, you're already guilty. And you have to explain. Well, I just dropped him off. I just picked her up. Doesn't matter. You're already guilty. And and and, and, and to piggyback off of that, I'm a um, I, I'm gonna echo that sentiment. We 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 really didn't. We we didn't have receipts. Y'all live in receipt world now. We didn't have receipts. And I tell yeah, that's so. I tell T all the time. I be like, bro, ain't no way in the world I to put that in writing. Like for me, cause we, I mean, we, we, we didn't have, you know, we, we, so when I came through high school, man, we got our first computers in high school and you had to print stuff off on these, on, you know, the dot matrix print. We, we didn't type letters, we wrote letters. We wrote letters. 
like, ain't no way in the world I'm finna put anything in writing. You're not gonna be able to bring it back on me. I'm sorry. And I I have to tell T the same thing. Like, bro, I can't believe you put that in writing. And then it, when you start talking about social media, um, uh, this is uh, something I learned. You was in middle school. Um, they, what was the ask? Was the yeah, uh, ask, ask FM? Did y'all know anything about Ask FM? That was a bit of a throwback. Sorry. So yeah. So Ask <laughs> FM was a social media platform. It's almost like Snapchat from the perspective of what you well, yeah. what you ask. It was not supposed to be recorded. It was anonymous. It was anonymous. You just ask the question, and then people will come in and answer the question. And so one day when he was in middle school, I just sat down and I Googled his name. And his list of questions came up. Mm. Yes, they did. And, I, and, and, and yeah, we had to have a conversation about it. Like, bro, really? For real? For real? And, and so I always <laughs> used it as a, a lesson because it's like, so that platform told you that it was anonymous. But I just pulled it up. And I showed you what you said, what you asked, right? right? Don't trust it. Don't trust it. The other thing I'll tell you, because I mean, I know y'all big time basketball players and what your dad was just saying was right. Because the thing is, um, they'll wait till you get ready to sign that contract. They'll wait till you get ready to sign that contract and they'll show you a picture that you put on Snapchat 20 years ago. I remember it was right. a guy, I think it was out of Alabama or something, had, had, he was smoking weed and he had on a gas mask. Y'all, y'all remember that? It was a couple of years ago. He got drafted in the NFL. He was smoking weed with a gas mask on. First thing they did when he got drafted, that picture started circulating. They had another dude that was out of um, somewhere out of the South. It was a quarterback. And and, the, and what they did was they pulled up his his his, his um, internet history and saw what he was saying about black people. And they put it out in the ethernet. Because here's the thing. Y'all know about haters. They're going to be haters, right? My, my, my goal, your father's goal, is to be forward thinking enough to protect you from the haters, even if we protect you from yourselves. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it, it gets to be hard sometimes because I know I've been hard on him a long time, but I, like I tell him, I'm his number one fan. I am his number one fan, but I'm, a, I'm a, as much of a fan for him to help him to not do stuff that's going to hinder him from getting to where he wants to go sometime in the future. Well, Clarence, you and I chatted the other day, and you and you mentioned something that I thought was important, and I'll bring it up here, and 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 it's you know credit to you. You said that you know I I am all your father as well as your coach. Yes, sir. Not yes, sir. coach as in basketball coach, a baseball coach, but the life coach piece there. Yeah. And so I think that's the part that has to transcend both for my boys as well. Is that you know at, especially for Anthony at this point it's it's no longer you know I'm going to put you on punishment and you got to go in your room. No, it's it's an adult conversation. I ask mm-hmm. you to get this done. Why didn't you get this done? Because now it's, you know, it's not the same conversation as well. You got to go to your room and take away your phone and take away the computer. Nah, that, that's that's fine for nine and 10 year old kids. And I was like, hey, this is what you were told to do. Right. And I shouldn't have to remind you to do something like that. And I think, but it becomes a life coach. And I said, and that's the point I think that you said, I think is very important is that it's making that transition from just being dad said, do this and don't do this to say, well, here, dad, here's what I think. Here's why I think I want to do this. And here's why I think I, I can't. And you can say, all right, well, here's a, like you told me, Clarence. All right. I hear what you said. Here's A and here's B. Yeah. You know what yep. I'm saying? Either one is good or bad. I would go with A, but you have the <laughs> option. But you, you have to be able to transcend from what dad just said. No, let's talk about why no is, is, is okay to chat about no at 15 and 18. When at four and five, it wasn't okay to talk about no is just no at four and five. At 18 and 15, here's why I said no. Okay, yeah. well, nothing mean you're gonna that you're gonna agree to it, but you have to now go, okay, now I can ask that about why he won't allow me to go do this or say that because now it's more of a dialogue because we're not talking a, a four or five year old kid anymore, right? right. 
I don't, I was going to talk about that because uh, it's like when you're younger, you're working with foundation. So it's like when something is out of left field or it's a, a decision that you don't think your child should make, I'm going to say what's going to submit in their head not to make that type of decision because we're working at laying the foundation. Now, once you get older, like what I found through our relationship, now it's less about, oh, let me say this no, that'll scare him away from doing that. Now it's like, all right, you're at the age where you're making your own decisions. Let's have a conversation about it. Let's fully wrap our heads around this using your experience and your knowledge and also my experience and my knowledge, especially with him having like been through some of the situations that I've gone through or things like that. And so now it's more of, all right, I can come to get perspective from not only somebody that's older than me and that could have been there, but also somebody that by way of the fact that he raised me, we have almost similar thought processes. Um, I'm his child. So we have like our similar hangups or things like that. Like, um, like he would talk about like how he was arrogant when he was younger. And I'm gonna have a hint of that arrogance as well. I mean, you ain't have to say it. He had a quiet arrogance, but he arrogant. Hey man. <laughs> but like, so like I, I have what he, what he had and he can talk about, okay, so I was in that situation. I did this because I have that same thing that you had, but now let me talk about what I experienced because of that. So you don't have to make the same mistake as me because I know we, you might feel the way I felt about it then, but I actually did that. So let me tell you about that experience. And I think that works out just great because there's that connection of father and son, um, especially like with it being in the genes, that's like nobody can give you that level of advice in the same way. Like he knows because he doesn't just know the situation. He knows how you feel about the situation because he felt that way. And so I think right. that's um that's why the coaching piece is so important. I, I was going to say like, so so y'all have cell phone. Do y'all pay for your own? Did y'all pay for your own cell phone or y'all dare to pay for it? Oh, dad. Huh? Your dad pay for him? Oh, yeah. okay. Uh, you say yes? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm trying to think of something like, have you ever had a pet? No, never had a pet. I I'm had a pet to, I'm to think of, How you feel about your haircut? You like hair? Do you, do you like your hair? I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying to think of something that you have ownership of because this is this, what I want you to understand is this: like, if it's something you got ownership of, like you want to make sure that it's always taken care of. Like, like T bought his um PS4. Like he bought that PS4 with his money, and so T would not take his PS4 out the room without putting it in a box. Like it would need the room. Like he can go from upstairs to the basement. He gonna put it in his box and take it downstairs because he paid money for it and he wanted to make sure nothing happened to it. Like his 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 DJ equipment. Like he like the DJ equipment. The cases got handles <laughs> on them that you can carry them like suitcases. But he said, "No, you're not gonna turn my DJ equipment sideways. You carry it like this, so it's sitting upright." That's the way he feels about his stuff. Now. If you can take that same mentality and translate it to me caring about him or your father caring about you, at the end of the day, we care about what's going to happen to you because damage to you is detrimental to us. Damage to you is detrimental to us. And so when we're telling you no or we're trying to advise you on something, it's not because we're trying to be hard on you. It's because damage to you is detrimental to us. And so um, I, 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 um, the thing I used to tell T, is, excuse me, son, when I say something, you do not have the ability to go against what I say. I always tell you, you do not have the ability to go against what I say. But what I will give you the ability to do is to come to me 
and prove to me that you put as much thought into doing what I didn't tell you to do as I put into telling you to do it. And if your point right. makes sense, I'll back up. I'll back right. up. And so that- But the, but the key though, the key, the, the key uh, uh, Clarence is that, and then I, I'll tell mine as well and, and T, you have to come to me when there's time to make yeah. some adjustments and you can't come to me after the fact. And right. so as I tell the guys in the military, I get the first right of refusal. So, hey, look, refusal. let go. me come to you early on and tell you what I think that, and here's why, but you can't come after the fact and you can't come after I done jumped up and down like the fool. <laughs> now you want to tell me why yep. you didn't do it. Like, well, just tell me early on. And then that doesn't mean I'm going to say yes, but now I can go, okay, he's thinking about why what I said doesn't really work for him anymore. Vice just one, avoiding it and not doing it. And I told Mr. Anthony before, because you know they are they're required to read books in my house. This is what they're required to do. Mm-hmm. Bottom line, that there's nowhere around that. Now they don't think it's right. And Anthony said, "Hey, I'm too old to read a book and do a book report." Okay, you still got to read a book. Mm-hmm. You got to do a book report and more, but you got to read a book. So you got to find something to read regardless. So my, I can adjust that, but you got to tell me why you don't think I need to go spend. I mean, I'm going to keep doing it until you say, well, Dad, I, I don't, I'm, yeah, I, I understand that reading books is important and acquiring that knowledge, but I'm not at the point that I think I need to give you a, a 10 page report. Okay. But you still got to find a book to read. Right. Now I'm not going to find it for you. You got to find your own book, but you have to find a book to read. So I think that's the kind of thing of coming to me and saying, hey, Vice is saying, I gave you a book. Well, I didn't read it. Why? Because I didn't want to read it. That ain't how it worked out. Like you just said, you don't get the right to tell me no. Right. And if right. you can tell me, well, Dad, the book you gave me ain't, ain't my speed anymore. I, I'm I'm gonna read this book about this. Oh, okay, fine. Go find your book, go get it done, go yeah. read it out and call it a day. And I think that's an important piece that like you gotta come to me before I'm acting a fool to tell mm-hmm. me why you think that my you know decision is either good or bad. And you know, and Clarence, you know, as you know, I got you know, the approach is also important too. Right, right. You can't come sideways and be right. like, well, I'm told no, well, hold on, let's <laughs> let's talk about why you need to explain it to me because it gets it can get out of hand pretty fast. Because the truth about the matter is, again, so, and, and, I, and I used to get on to you about this. So the thing is, what we do is we discipline you and and, and discipline not from a punishment or a physical discipline, but we, we try to discipline you to get you to a point where you can discipline yourself. And so reading is fundamental, okay? And so your father asking you all to read is him trying to discipline you to a point you got to read if you're going to lead. And he's trying to he's trying to make you a leader, and that's why you're reading. You may not understand it, and when he first started talking to you about it, you I mean, when he first started telling you to read, you weren't at a point where you could even comprehend why he was telling you to read. If you get to a point, if T gets to a point where what I'm telling him to do, what he's telling you to do, feels like it's no longer useful for you, I mean, get, get to a point. So now that's when you puff your chest up and say, hey, Dad, let's have a conversation. Um, I know you've been having me to read. And I don't quite understand why it is, but I don't think it's working out the way I, it should. And I'm pretty sure he will, because I will with T sit down and say, well, dude, this is why I've asked you to do AYZ. I mean, because I tell him, I do it all the time. Like, man, dude, this is why I'm asking you to do it. You know, because I, 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 I was like, man, hey, I need you to email such and such. And he looked at me like, man, what I need to email him for? I'm like, all right, well, I got to treat him like an adult. Bruh, because X, Y, and Z. That will get you there. And he'd be like, oh, yeah, you should have told me that. Like, boo, yeah, but it's okay if you could ask me if you don't understand. As opposed right. to him just saying, well, I ain't going to do what you told me to do. 
Because the thing right. is, not doing it is to his detriment. It ain't to my detriment. It's to his detriment. Right. It's just that I'm trying to get him to a place where he understands that these things need to happen automatically. And so, again, I'm, and I want what's best for him. I want him to succeed at life. And so there's nothing right. about what I'm trying to do for him or I'm sure anything your father's trying to do for you is about holding you down, keep holding you back, keeping you from enjoying life and having fun. It's trying to make sure that at the end of the day, you're successful in life. Because, I, I, I mean, like, y'all, our retirement plan, he lucky enough to have two of y'all. I got one. You know what I'm saying? Said, Josh, why you look at that like that? <laughs> like, y'all, our retirement right. think about it. Think about it. When, when, when we get up in age, right, like, nobody's going to take care of us like y'all. And so right. I got to make sure that, first of all, I don't exchange him, but I also build up in him those things that I'm going to need him to have when he becomes an adult. So I try to coach him any and everywhere. Possible. Only thing he won't let me coach him on his girls. I'd be trying, but he won't do it. I'd be trying. <laughs> no comment. He ain't got no comment on that. One. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Anthony, you got well, something on your mind? That's another you podcast plan. That's another podcast plan. So. <laughs> that's another no, show, I, like I said, okay. I I uh, I I appreciate the time. You know, I, I think this is you know uh, uh uh you know hopefully the first of many. You know, we can kind of go back and forth on. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and as I mentioned, you know, us trying to get, you know, I talked to the boys about us getting our, our own thing going. And I think it's important because it begins to now develop that new relationship from, you know, going time out and going to class mm -hmm. and, and sitting in the back seat to having a different kind of conversation, which I didn't have with my dad, nor with my mom right. at the end of the day, you know, um, you know, neither one were equipped, to be honest, mm -hmm. um, and neither one cared. You know, and and I, and I say this, Clarence, and, I, and this is in my in my book. I, I say this: there are three things that are that that's going on when I grew up, and and as of now, when I was growing up, it was all about survival. Mm -hmm. That was it. I we gotta make it to the next paycheck. Gotta get the water bill paid. It was about survival. Now in my life, now it's about sustainment. I mean, yeah. boys are never worried about the lights being off or not having food, but in their life, it should be surplus. They should decide. Okay. At some point in time, I'm going to go buy me a brand new car. And there's no car note right now. Right. I got a car note. Right, right, right. You know, but at that point, I'm, I'm going to buy it. So to me, that's the thing that I always said, survival, sustainment, surplus. That's my whole thing about that book, because that down. where are you in those three pieces there? You know, mm -hmm. and, and my balls are not, not in survival. By no means. T's not in survival. There's no way. Sustainment, mm -hmm. maybe they're in sustainment phase there. You know, where it's kind of seeing things. But in my mind, you know, when Anthony's 50, it should be a surplus. Right. You know, there's no saving up for a car. I'm going to go buy me a new Mustang tomorrow morning. Okay, then go buy it. Well, I'm thinking about it. I need to get $5,000 down, three fifty dollars a month for four <laughs> years. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got to figure that out. That shouldn't be their case. They shouldn't have that to worry about. If you and I are doing our job if right, doing our job. they should not have to worry about that at all. And so I'm 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 gonna kick this over to you, Anthony and Josh. But uh, to, to piggyback on what your dad was saying, we we've, we've over the last few weeks, we our podcast have really dealt with this whole legacy thing um, about yeah, generational movement, gener generational wealth, moving into generational wealth. Because I guess um, your father and I grew up sort of in the same same economic situation, right? And so um, and like you said, you're right. It was about survival. It was about survival. I, I've never, like when you said that, that just makes all the sense in the world to me. Survival, sustainment, surplus. And so um, our goal is to move you all a generation ahead financially right. than we were. And so right. um, my wife who deals with finances, she gave us uh, um, this, this 
um, statistic a couple of weeks ago, which started us to deal with this. And she was saying that um, 90% of the wealth, wealthy people lose their wealth in one generation. And mm. was it, no, seven, I think it was 70% 70 and then 80. 70 and then, 70 and then 80. 70% losing in the first generation, 80 in the, in the second. And so what it says is that wealthy people, their finances are leaking, leaking for some reason. Um, I, I surmise, and we talked about some of the reasons why not, because I mean, I don't think a lot of them do what we're doing with you all now, pouring into you, because we are actually going in the opposite direction and we're trying to build you up. And so um, our, our whole thing now is, so how do we get ourselves to a position that we are passing knowledge, wealth, a wealth of knowledge, as well as wealth financially, on to you all so that you all are in a better position than we are. And like, I, I, one of the things I've, I've um, tasked T with is like flying commercial is nothing for us. We can go to the airport, we can buy a ticket, go to the airport, we can fly anywhere. I want him to get to a point where he's flying in a private jet. He pick up the phone and say, I need to no, go to, you know, Amsterdam. Right. I'll meet you there, you know, meet you at the airport in an hour. They show up, he get on a private jet and he fly because there's no way in the world his goal should be flying commercially. Cause he's been doing that his whole life. And so as as your fathers, that's what we are trying to push you to. So um, Josh, you ain't said nothing in a while. What you got to say about that? Uh, I agree with uh, the comment you're saying of maybe not always settling for what you've always had, trying to go above and beyond and trying to excel and make yourself better. Okay, all right, Anthony. Uh, the generational wealth aspect, I think I connect with a lot more because um, I'm privileged enough to have been in private school a lot of my life. So I see a bunch of these uh, like uh, white peers who are just rich, spoiled kids. So generation upon generation, they've been used to money. So how I value the dollar, they don't care about a dollar. Like if I go to 7-Eleven, I want to buy some Skittles for a dollar. I'm like, I mean, I'm privileged enough to do that. But for them, it's like, oh, I'll buy 50 Skittles. So they don't really value money as much as I value money. So piggybacking off you, I would like my son to be able to just, in a way, be like them. Like they would, they don't, my son has, doesn't care about buying 50 Skittles because I set them up like generational, like you said, like generational wealth, like you said, is very, very important. And me seeing and experiencing, I guess, the white peers at my school really privileged. I, I think I want to be able to say when I'm 50, 60, that my kids are can be used to just going out and buying first class, like you said, having a private jet, not worrying about commercial, not worrying about a meal on the table, not worrying about what clothes on their back and stuff like that. So, so I, I got one caveat. Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna uh, kind of talking about how you were talking about you um, wanting to pass that on to your child uh, something that I guess I was interested in even like towards the beginning when we were starting to have this generational wealth conversation was um, I guess I was just looking around looking at different people and I see that us as like black people culturally we have this um, affinity for the get it out of the mud mentality or the get it for yourself mentality and I guess the question in my head was when we're talking about building up generational wealth, how do we not only build up wealth, also pass that mentality? Knowledge. Right. The knowledge, that's where the knowledge piece comes in. So it's like you, you have like this, this wealth of resources, but you respect the resources and you respect your grind and you use money as what it is as a resource. Uh, and you don't just see it as something that flows. 
because when you grow up in a lifestyle, Modern. it's easy to see this as this is the norm. But it's like mm-hmm. us in our situation, like you're talking about sustainment, right? We grew up in sustainment, but we very well could go back to survival if we don't keep that same mentality that our parents had to get to sustainment. And so as you're working right. to get to the next level and even passing down that next level to the generation after you, you have to give them that same mentality of working to get to that level and not just, oh, I exist at this level. I don't have to worry about anything. That's the key. That was the caveat I was going to add because it's, okay. like, it's cool to be able to go in the store and buy 50 packs of Skittles, but do you need them? Because right. that's what yeah. that's where that's where that's where the leakage begins. The leakage begins in well, because I can, I will. And just because you have the ability to do something doesn't mean it's a responsible thing to do. And so that's the one thing I keep, you know, I, I try. Like it's funny, I, I think I made tea cheap somehow because like I, I, I for the longest man, not even for the longest, I'm still this way. I never paid twenty dollars for a pair of tennis shoes, like ever. Like ever. And so him, <laughs> as he was growing, like now I'm gonna tell you, if I find the right shoe at $20, I'm gonna buy him a pair of fours or fives, some sixes and some sevens now. But that's how I used to shop. And so even with him, the one thing that he does, even though he can afford to go out and buy, you know, the Jordan ones or whatever, he won't do it. He won't mm-hmm. do it. And so it's, 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 it's about having the ability to do it, but knowing when it's the right time to do it and when, when it's not. Well, and my wife is, and it's funny because, you know, the boys now we, we're, we shop more than my wife. My wife will shop, but she won't buy. We shop and buy, so we, we it's, it's a little different. But she's the same way, you know, when it comes to, you know, boys, shoes, basketball, shoes, whatever. She, you know, she don't see the, the need to buy, you know, $150 pair of basketball shoes. Like, why? I'm like, because they just need them. Because now she grew up, you know, less than even what I had. And so her mindset is like, you know, I don't, if I don't really need to, her thing is like, I can't wait to work, can't wait to church. I can't wear it. Don't, don't use for me to get it. That's kind of her mindset. Can I go to work and kind of go to church in it? And so I, I think that that's an important piece that, you know, the, as Anthony said, you know, and his, his kids should never even look at United Airlines as nothing more than a commercial on TV. Right. That's right. They should, you know, now, whereas now, you and I, that's fine. But if the knowledge isn't there, yeah, if the knowledge base isn't there, all that, what we're doing today, right now, you know, if it didn't get passed down, then it becomes nothing more than people in a leaky boat. Right. And eventually, right. that boat will, will sink. And I, and I give this analogy to that back in my day when I was preaching all the time, you know, and I told this people in church, I, church, I said, you know, I said the devil, you can call it what you want, or, you know, something. In, in, and I, we grew up in a wooden, you know, my grandmother had a wooden house with that little one gas um, stove in the front. I mean, that little gas uh, heat in the front, heat the whole house. I remember once that she had this, you know, these wooden windows and there was a crack in the window in the bathroom over the, over the tub and the house just would not stay warm. My mm-hmm. grandmother kept saying, I can't figure out what is up with this house. It's cold all the time. And happened to notice that the bathroom window was open. It was cracked enough that it was keeping the house cool. So that's, a, that's how things happen when you say the leak. It's not a big picture. You don't, you don't see them pouring money into stupid stuff. It just over time, right? It begins to leak out, right? And over time, right. my grandma's house began to stay cold. We couldn't figure out why. And when you put the window down, once you took that leak off, now it's fine. But it's a very important piece you bring up is that that leakage does not happen automatically. It doesn't happen so openly. It happens gradually. It happens gradually. And then all of a sudden, what was now, as T said, was a surplus. Now back in sustainment. And if you're being careful, you're back into survival mode. Yes. Yes. And yes. Here's the killing part about survival mode. If you've never been there before, you don't know how tough. to survive. Boy, look here. You don't know how to survive. I, 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 it's I, tough. 
Man, I just, ooh, ooh. I, I could go a hundred different places, but I'm just gonna give y'all a real quick analogy. And I asked T how he felt about this. He never responded, right? So at my parents' house, they, I mean, they, my, my mother and their father, my father, they live alone. And so it was, they got two bathrooms. So, I mean, it's two of them, they got two bathrooms. But this particular day, it was, um, they were there and it was me, um, T and my wife, Consuela, we were, we were there. And so I woke up in the middle of the night, like three o'clock, man, and I had to go to the bathroom. And so I went to the bathroom and T was in the bathroom. And I was like, dude, come out the bathroom. He's like, I just came in. I'm like, man, I gotta go to the bathroom. And then I asked him later, I'm like, like he grew up his whole life. He had a bathroom in his room. We've never lived in a place that had like less than three bathrooms. You know what I'm saying? And so it's like, so if he had to, if he had to live in a house with four people in one bathroom, I don't know if he could survive it. You know what I'm saying? Right. Because he has his own right. stuff. And so that's what you have to realize. I am where I am. That's that um, get it out of the mud mentality. I am where I am because somebody grind, ground, grind it, grind it, whatever the word is, to get grind me here, right? Behalf. And if I want to keep it, I got to keep moving. I can't stop. Well, you know, hey, Clint, going, let, let me add this, what, well, and I'll say what Anthony said in here. I know we kind of grown longer the tooth here, but let, let me add this here, you know, and, and, you know, and we told this to Anthony before, and I think you can kind of see some of the, some of the, the benefits of that. Uh, and we, we, we've said that, you know, a lot of his friends playing basketball, you know, <laughs> are playing football or whatever, you know, they reach success in their career early, mm -hmm. you know, as an adolescent, you know, and Anthony had continually grind, wasn't always the, 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 the first one to be picked, wasn't always the first one to, to be on the court, but he grinded and grinded and grinded. So in my mind, he understands survival because mm -hmm. he's never been on the team where they said, okay, Anthony, you're the first guy on the court. And so his friends, a couple of his friends that have, you know, not gone as far as they had planned to go, had success so early in their young life is that now they're like, well, what do I do now? I'm not on this basketball team. I'm not playing this sport. I don't have these grades because your success came so early. Mm -hmm, and now mm -hmm. you're into this survival mode. You have no idea how to survive. And guess what? Now you're at the age where you are accountable to yourself. Right. I tell right. Anthony, I say, Anthony. And you never have been on a team where they've picked you the very first time. I said, so your survival instinct is much greater than most of your friends because they don't have any idea what it's like right. to be on the court or come on the, on, on, the, on, on the court as an eighth or ninth player because they started every time. And so, you know, while now they're coming off the bench or not coming off at all, it's, you, can, you can look in their face. You know, a couple of them don't call them anymore. Don't, they don't mm. chat with Anthony anymore. Why? Because back in the day, it was all about them. They were on that major grind, you know, and now all of a sudden they're not in that spot anymore. Uh -huh. It's hard to look back and go, oh, okay, well, you can talk about that, Anthony, more so. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Oh, yeah, mm. that, that's a very good point. Uh, I mean, growing up being the shortest and still being the shortest now, when you learn how to grind and grind for yourself, people – like back then it's, it's a laughable thing, but now since I'm reaching my success and I stayed headstrong, no matter what their success early age, it's almost like they're envious of me. Like mm -hmm. their success is diminishing my, while mine is going upwards. So like they have a grudge against me and it's nothing I can do. It's just, they stopped working as hard as me and they fell off, so. Yeah. What do you say Josh about that, Josh? You got something similar, but not as much as Anthony, but similar. Uh yeah, I say mine's simpler. Similar, I think Anthony had to go through more adversity than I had to though his whole entire life, uh, reaching different things. Uh, but seeing him be down 
kind of made me think if I was in that position, because in my opinion, I don't think I'm internally, I don't think I'm mentally as strong as Anthony is. So I think if I had that at one point in my life, I probably would have just said I'm done with basketball and would have just quit. Oh, wow. Okay. I can even um, kind of talk about that from that, that other perspective that you were talking about, the people that found success early. And for that, for that was like me with school. I was um, a kid in school where like everything just always naturally came to me. Homework, just get it done easy. I didn't have to study for tests. I always do good, still get straight A's and all that. And so, and then when I find, like school is just easy for me through high school. And then I get to college, I'm like, oh, I actually got to study for this stuff. And so it's like, I haven't, <laughs> you haven't built up that muscle. You haven't built up that ability to know what it takes to, all right, so I don't understand this, but I know what, what I have to do that works for me personally to get myself to a place of understanding. So it's like now is when the work is really hard. I got to find my way and figure out what works for me. Whereas if you've constantly been working like your whole life, you've been working up through high school. When you get to college, oh, this is easy. I don't understand that. Oh, I know what I do when I don't understand something. I do this, this and that. Whereas like a person like me, when I just, I could just walk through school and still do good and get good grades. I'm like scrambling. I'm like, dang, I don't understand something. This hasn't happened before. Let me like, okay, I got to try this. I got to try that. So it's like that, that grind early really works for your benefit. Um, and then even speaking to something else, which it made me think of a video that I just watched. This dude, the master of watching videos and getting quotes. Um, but I, I don't think I'm going to be able to find it. But basically what it was saying was, don't be afraid. Basically, don't be afraid for your grind to be public is basically um, per se what he was saying. But a lot of times, uh, and I can especially speak for myself, we want our image in the public to be perfection because even just in society, that's what's being put out right now with social media and all that type of stuff. Everything's all about perfection. But something that even me seeing now uh, is when you witness other people grinding and like, I can remember the people that I saw, they started, they were interested in something. They started posting it. I can even think of a, a really, uh, an example I just saw last night. There was this girl that um, I followed her when she had like 600 followers or something. It was like last year, but she's, she's a dancer and she does like shuffling and all that type of thing. And yesterday I saw her pop up on my timeline again. And now she has 26,000 followers. And so it was like, don't be afraid to, like, now I got 600 followers. I, I like this. I'm going to start posting every day. So don't be afraid to start that grind in public for people to see you because that's how you get to growth. It's the people that are so focused on perfection and don't put anything out that you can't, they don't have anything to grow with or to grow by. And so even with you talking about, like, your peers that had reached success early and now, like, they, they don't understand that grind mentality or how to grind, but they've been seeing you grind and now you've surpassed them. Like so that grind mentality is not being afraid to work and not being able to show off that you're working or just have people view you working and developing that will lead to success down the line. So I think that's a great thing. Yeah, I agree. So um, this has been great. This has been great. Talk oh, about the book. What book? His book. Oh, I was, I was, that's what I was going to make. Okay, that's what I was going all right. Anyway, this has been great. So we had a chance, we had an opportunity to talk um, with uh, 
Anthony the first, Anthony Jr. and Josh. And so um, I, what I want to actually segue this into is, um, and you mentioned a little bit, you talked about your book a little bit, um, but also um, you're looking to start a podcast. And so just want to introduce yeah. you. Uh, uh, you know, thank you. We're, we're looking to, to start something, you know, uh, maybe similar to what you guys are talking about. But uh, my, my mindset really is coming about for, for me is, is really focused on and answer about is really the grind. You know, and that's why I want to focus on, you know, that piece there on what it takes and, and how to, how the, um, and I use this word, how the abnormal, unprecedented approach is still a ways and means, you know, and I think I really want to use that as our platform because I think a lot of times we, we forget about it and T brought it up, we forget about that because folks gain success so fast mm-hmm. and, and all of a sudden now, but there's a lot of folks, you know, like my kids who and my boys here who are grinding. The second part is that, you know, I, I think that it's just a story that has to be told. And I mentioned the book title, um, Gone Fishing with My uh, with my Dad, um, with my son. And my dad took me fishing all the time. And I told his clearance, I hate it because he all he wanted to do was chat. I'm like, I don't want to talk. I just want to fish, mm-hmm. you know. But after I got older, I realized, you know, my, my dad was his most sane, non-Vietnam, non, you know, PTSD guy when we were fishing. And when we were one fishing, he was not the person that I recognized and knew. And so I realized that he knew that fishing is where he and I could connect and he would be focused on me and not focus on his, his medicine or his issues. And I said, you know, that to me, going fishing with my son is what my dad did. And so this in my mind that this podcast is the same thing, going fishing with my son. This is a podcast to say, hey, here's where we can kind of bring things together and talk about that because there's someone else like Anthony who is six feet tall who who still is not getting the play time. Mm-hmm. You know, how do we do that? There's somebody like Joshua, you know, who who just not as smart. How do we so I think that that's a big piece. Gun fishing with my son um is probably gonna be the podcast name and the name of the book because I think to me that's where we make that connection at and is and that fishing pole in the water because all you can do is throw it in the water and wait. And while you're waiting, you might as well talk. All right, so we're going to be on the lookout for Going Fishing With My Sons, the book and the podcast by Anthony Smith Sr. Uh, I was just going to say thank you guys for uh, coming on. I think we had some great conversation and got to touch on some very key things that can help some people out there. So thank you all. All right, so one podcast. One podcast. Between you and me. Between you and me. Holla. Holla.